whatever you would like to say, if you have something on your heart. For the open beam community that is following you, keep doing what you're doing because there is a change in the mentality of people. Like even the fact that we are seeing people actively seeking information, not just things that you scroll by and you see like people actively seeing information and actively seeing innovation, that's producing a change and find a good mentor. Hey friends, welcome back to Beamvoice. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Alexandru Pataki from Splendid Development, a company from Romania which is using quite advanced Beam workflows. Hi Alexandru. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining. I know more people from your company, but I don't know you too well. So let's start with that. Tell us a few words about yourself. Who are you? What are you doing? And then we can um, dive deeper into other aspects. Uh, I'm recently a father, so I can start with that before being an engineer. Congratulations. After that, I'm a civil engineer, uh, which is a specialty for infrastructure, meaning uh, roads, uh, bridges, and uh, railways. On the working part, I focus mostly on uh, roadways, highways, and uh, drainage networks. A little bit tangible on collaboration with different disciplines on uh, tunnels and bridges and uh, passionate about BIM and technology, let's say, or all over the place in BIM and technology. Tech savvy. But is your job description just a civil engineer or do you have a specific role in Splendid? I take the role of BIM coordinator in several projects, but I would say that's, let's say, a part of it. The main job would be an engineer because I think you need a, I guess you need an engineering background to understand the processes behind, or at least some technical background to actually say you can comprehend something about you. Or that's just my impression sometimes. How long have you been in the industry? In the industry, we're about 10 years, I would say now. Around 10 years of experience, I started working off at a local company, but didn't like the local market that much in the technical department for biddings and stuff. So I joined Arcadis, I think in 2014 and been with Arcadis for about seven years and afterwards six or seven, something like that. Or And afterwards moved to Splendid with four years now and going. And um, started from uh, working uh, simple projects in Arcadis, like, you know, the simple stuff because maybe when you're junior engineer and design mm-hmm. from the basic stuff. And afterwards, being a big company, you get the opportunity to touch point on small bits and pieces of big projects. And once you do that, it's a good, you can actually progress and do amazing stuff on big projects. What can you tell us about this company? I just said briefly that you are using advanced BIM workflows. What is this company? Can you give me some details about it? Okay. Splendid Development, it's fresh company. We, we're... we're the average age, I think it's around in the 30s. So young people uh, enthusiastic about technology. We are a team of around 50 professionals because we're not only engineers, we're also architects there, design artists because we have a visualization department and also people involved in the, let's say, technical department of the company. In terms of what we're doing there, we're working on design for projects all around Europe, mostly focused on the Nordic Part, let's say in Belgium, Netherlands, but also France and Germany, I would like to say. And uh, the services are vary from structural 
engineering to infrastructure design to design automation to visualization and most recently people are requesting gamification let's say vr experience like in game-like simulation inside the project if you want to consult the public you give them the actual experience and viewing the project so it's a whole range of uh, things and we're constantly looking for new solutions and new technologies to see what can actually be applied to a project and what actually can bring value to a project because something can be nice can be very interesting can be very pleasant to present but it may not bring value or it's not easy to use so we, we kind of try to do a balance on that or also like it's, if something is good and it's bringing value and it's interesting to the market then we can push a bit forward so a lot of development because splendid development hmm. can you dive deeper into this can you give me some examples on, of such value propositions situations where some use cases of, of something specifically that you proposed or you, are, you have used we own any project and your client saw value in that at the moment there are some workflows that we are implementing in some projects that are mostly focused on asset management because people think ahead and using BIM not only for design, construction and cost, but also for some simulation and asset management. So basically once infrastructure design is quite complex when you speak about BIM, that's why only now we have 4.3 and IFC. So it's only now it's quite fresh. So it's very difficult to actually establish a link between an object or an object code and attach some properties to it and to be able to validate and to verify that object is the same object through all the design process. I'll give you an example. You have a road, you have an intersection, you have two alignments merging or three or I don't know. Then you shift the intersection a few meters. The whole thing splits and you don't know which is part of which and the elements basically explode. So it's not like in a Revit model where you have a static object with the same ID, the same handle, and it's just changing geometry. You have a new set of properties. And we've tackled that through some uh, internal development on Dynamo Civil 3D API based to attach some properties, IDs to track back on objects to be able to apply different property sets required by the client to be identified in their database. Okay. Property set, would that mean that you are delivering anything in IFC? Uh, yes, the actual uh, deliveries are also in the standard format, uh, the proprietary format, DVG, Revit files or stuff like that, but it's also required to have IFC because open data and because the client should not be limited to one software use and whatever is going to be 10, 20 years from now, you should be able to look at the data. So it shouldn't be sealed. Yeah, definitely. But is this something that you, you have any projects where this is like the main delivery or is usually mostly like you are based on the client focuses on the data like as a whole and then you get to deliver IFC also just as a secondary backup solution? No, no, no. The data of the IFC files, it's in the scope of the project. So that's not just a backup. So the scope is what I'm speaking now. It's, uh, I think, it's in the Osterwald project, which is the closing of the ring of Antwerp, the northern part of the ring. And parts of the project that we're working, the one of, besides the plans, the bill of quantities, every classical, the, let's say the analog techniques, you have to de deliver the digital asset, which is actually an IFC model with each and every object with a unique ID, a unique object code, and it has some 
properties specific to that object that can be identified by material, by the specification, by their use. And uh, that is also exported into IFC. So therefore speaking, all the properties are aggregated in such a way, exports, let's say from infrastructure and from the structural part and everything. If you put them all together in IFC, you can filter by the same property sets. We're trying not to have, let's say, because nothing is uh, perfect, not to have any clashes in between the, the data. Because in the structures, we, we always have clashes. That's something that happens. But in the data, at least, keep it clear. Makes sense. Are we talking about IFC 2x3 or did you explore IFC 4? 2x3. For now, 2x3. 2x3. Yeah, we are exploring IFC 4x3, uh, but it's uh, young. We're doing some testing. We are trying to find uses of them that can be applied to our project. Yeah, there are not yet tools across the whole spectrum of tools that you need actually to support, although there are some tools that are supporting, but it's still early because, yeah, the certification process, I don't think it it's in place yet. And uh, it's just like a testing environment yet for the existing tools. Even Revit has this, but it's still like a test of, um, test of it. Uh, Blender Beam has it. Blender Beam actually opens Welcome to my world. Are you using Blender Beam? That's so nice. No, I tested it because I tested, I think, four or five different uh, readers to open an IFC 4x3. And Blender Beam was the one that actually saw the objects. We exported the civil 3D file. So all the corridors or the data and it could actually open the corridor. You could select all the elements like you can see the properties because, well, the file is there. If you open it with a notepad, you can see the data, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you want to see also the objects. That's true because Blender Beam and IFC OpenShell has been updated to 4.3, but is not, I don't think it's fully compliant yet, but uh, to some degree it works. Yes. Did you give it a try to Quadri also? Because I, I heard that Quadri works or you don't have this tool in your palette. No, we don't have that tool. We don't didn't try. We tried some OpenBIM, some XBIM Viewer, Navisworks, of course, doesn't have it Navisworks because no, it's a new yeah. protocol. It was easier for IFC OpenShell to do that since it's already emulating the IFC schema. So, but that's cool to hear. I did not try it myself yet. I don't know, maybe next year sometimes, because I guess it is to be expected for IFC 4.3 to become an ISO standard next year. It's still not. It's just published by Building Smart. It's not just rumors. It will become eventually, but you don't know how long it will take. Uh, until it will become and i don't think many software providers will use too much time on it before that will happen so i might be wrong but it's just assumption you're very ifc savvy so maybe you have some answers i don't know it's too much to say savvy because i there is so much more i i need to learn myself about ifc but i'm a bit more exposed to the noise around ifc on social media and so on and because of building smart and uh, all the things that you're part of? I don't know what you know that I am part of building smart. I'm a paying member of building smart in Romania. You're an active member. You're an active member. Yeah, but everything I do has actually no affiliation. Uh, everything you see posting uh, regarding OpenBIM has no affiliation with uh, building smart. Everything I do on my own. If you check what I post on LinkedIn, I posted a lot lately on about different stuff. It has no affiliation, just that I'm using, of course, the official uh, uh, website of uh, the, the schema, but I don't have any affiliation. I have good uh, dialogue with many people from Building Smart because I believe uh, with all my heart and uh, 
on this uh, open standards and that's the only way we can go forward but that stops there just that we have the common goal mm -hmm. okay what, what i will find uh, interesting about forex3 is that the the classification if the exporters will be made by the software providers in such a way that you can actually use them then the classification that they use in some ways could make obsolete some workflows could so everything is like if could if 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 so there's a lot of if beforehand so probably the development will take years but it looks good on the surface and if you check know, two three videos on LinkedIn, you're maybe gonna go wild like yeah this is the next big thing well maybe not yeah, I think to some degree that it will happen, but at the end of the day, it depends on how much the final user and the client will dare to use it, you know? Okay, let's say that IFC 4.3 is becoming official, ISO standard, the tools are supporting it, and you'll still keep exporting to IFC 2x3. Then nothing will change, right? At the end of the day, you are the who decides this, and this only if the client does not require that specific format. Because if you get a requirement, I want deliveries in 4.3, then then you have no choice, <laughs> of course. Usually the client moves slower than, than you move, so probably not. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to say that in Norway, we have some clients that are specifying they want deliveries in IFC 4. So uh, I am sure that when it will be become an official standard, that will be the case. They will up update to IFC 4.3. So, um, yeah, but it's something else outside, I understand. Here is a big interest for OpenBIM. And uh, I'm not bragging about, I'm just happy for that happening. It's good to see some official uh, entities interested. It's nice because you need some push, you need also some pull. And uh, while the industry, like the professionals are pushing, the, the, the state has to come and do a pull sometime to actually make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, not always, like, if you're comfortable exporting to IFC to X3, and if nobody tells you that I want IFC 4, then you will just keep doing that because you are comfortable doing that, right? Uh, and it's not like it's rocket science to upgrade to IFC 4, but you will need a few days to set yourself into what is the difference, how I can do that, how I can achieve that, right? So, because even IFC 4 is better and provides you with a better ex export and with better uh, structured data and, and so on, more details, you will not do it, right? If the client won't require it for you, only maybe someone who's more interested, more keen to do that, they see me talking like a crazy people on LinkedIn and uh, on my YouTube channel about this, so they, they will have a look at it, but usually is not this interest, right? So it is what it is, but at the same time, I'm happy for what is happening. And you said that IFC 4.3 is going to change if, if you are using it accordingly and so on. IFC 5 is looking really, really good, but we are few. You're still at the mercy of the software provider. Like if the vendor doesn't put a proper IFC exporter, or if you have to make a, your IFC exporter, I'm speaking mostly for infrastructure because the IFC exporter for infrastructure is usually very, very rudimentary. Like at the moment in our current workflow, we use 2x3 and every element that we export is building proxy. So you don't know, you don't have any category for nothing. But isn't possible to change those settings in any way? Like in, are we talking about Civil 3D or Revit now? And Civil 3D. 
Okay, because in Revit, you know, you can customize. In Revit, you can customize it. You have that file. You can change where different families go depending on what you yeah. how you use them. So that's in Revit. In Civil 3D, every element until now goes into building proxy. It's a 3D solid, so everything goes into building proxy. That sounds weird. It's very weird, but that's why we have our own property sets that have classification, function of the material, the object code, and stuff like that. So basically if we're putting our property sets that do the classification then ifc port 4.3 doesn't help me that much because i already have my workflow that does exactly what ifc 4.3 does like i know where my barriers are my where my gutter are where's my foundation where's my like based on my codes if the exporter will do that yeah but how are you injecting this information these p-sets in this without changing the parameters how civil 3d works is uh, i don't know if you're familiar so basically you have your row design uh, you need an alignment a vertical profile then again you need a typical profile which is an assembly in civil 3d which you attach multiple sub-assemblies to it a sub-assembly is a part of the road like a lane a curb a gutter a sidewalk whatever we have those sub-assemblies custom made that take in some parameters that are made by us and the parameters are rudimentary speaking some strings with some codes attached to them. Afterwards, when you finish your design, those solids from the subassemblies are extracted and have embedded that particular code that you pushed in the typical profile to begin with. Based on those codes and some of the intrinsic parameters that come out from Civil 3D, you can do some post-processing in the background, attach a property set to the object and export it to IFC. So IFC is used as a vehicle to push the data as open source. That's why we use it. Yeah, but when you, you go and you click on export to IFC, then you cannot do much there. But I'm thinking about something, you know, in Revit, there is this free GitHub plugin, or I don't think it's a plugin, it's update for Revit, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's an add-on or something, but you get like, you can do much more by using that than using what you have in build in the Revit menu, right? Wouldn't it be possible to do the same for Civil 3D? Maybe that program, that uh, file or that add-on can be tailored for Civil 3D? It's also the question if the work is worth the effort. Because you have to write a new exporter from scratch based on the IFC schema. I think there's a saying in uh, one of the IFC books, like if you want to have a an exporter, it's IFC is not only like all of this made for Civil 3D, push button for IFC export and everything is put there. It's not something custom made like in Revit where you can assign different categories and you have some flexibility to actually to leverage the power of IFC. And Civil is everything thrown in the box. Unless you have a software provider that actually gives you that. And in 4.3 IC, you have a JSON file that you can use to apply certain settings to put different objects in different categories for classification IFC, which is an improvement. In 2x3, you don't have that. So you're limited also by the power of the software at certain points. And what we did, it's a workaround. Yeah, sure. Do you see like our industry going further without IFC? Like, do you see, could we live or are the, the disadvantages too big? That's a difficult question asking. Uh, if you take into account the whole industry, IFC is a must. If you take into account the whole, if you're trying to look just in your particular domain, 
then you can easily say, well, I don't need this because I can exchange uh, proprietary software format with another colleague and that's it. But if you're thinking of big databases and if you're thinking of asset management, because, you know, it's never, uh, a construction doesn't end when you close the site, it's when you demolish the construction. That's where it ends. So if you're thinking of managing an asset through the whole life cycle and to actually do that in a smart way without losing money, then you need IFC. Or the next big thing that will come, I don't know, uh, an open source format. You need an open source format and you need something that you can edit that open source format and to keep it up to date because it's not a dead model. It should be a live model. Yeah, open standard because an open standard, usually it's maintained by an entity like Building Smart International is. I think it's a must in the industry. Like I don't see how we can go on. Like technology is uh, shifting, uh, like Moore's law is still applicable. There's new technologies that are coming uh, every year. And uh, the construction industry is uh, not to say that it's moving slow, but it's kind of analog to what it's happening in the real world. Like we're still using uh, a lot of uh, old uh, technologies, old mm -hmm. workflows, and it's very, very difficult to shift mentalities. Fortunately, a lot of good things have been done. Like I started work, I think in 2014, BIM was just something you had to push, like you had to push that. And now it's becoming, uh, and there's no discussion about it in the project that we're working now. Like uh, yeah. BIM is something that's a must. That's good to hear. Interesting. Are you modeling your structures, your tunnels, your uh, roads and everything manually or are you doing something more? I'm focused on the road design, but I work on a lot of projects and shared collaboration with my colleagues. So we try to automate as much as possible. Avoid, if you're doing something 10 times a day or 20 times a day, then you can automate that. Either it's a Dynamo script or some Python or you need a C Sharp. We have uh, great colleagues that are very keen to, to scripting. So we are using internally uh, a lot of scripts to automate the collaboration between Civil 3D and Revit because uh, there's a lot of data loss. You know, Civil 3D works in a linear way and uh, Revit is more object-oriented. And when you try to make Revit to work like Civil, you get some problems because alignments have uh, spirals and curves and uh, Revit doesn't like that much to have a spiral in three direction on a bridge. Like if you have a vertical slope and a horizontal slope and you have a transition, then you get something messy on a bridge. But we are using some scripts to actually read the Civil 3D file, the alignment files, generate structures in Revit that follow the coiler. So as much as possible, there's the other law. There's so much that you can automate. Some things, if you are trying to make a script and it's kind of tailor-made for this project, then it's best to do it manually. Like some things are not supposed to be automated. If you cannot reuse it, might not yeah. work uh, to invest the time. Kind of joke internal. Like a lot of things that you see on LinkedIn, those are one-time uses. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Imagine a lot of scripts that people use. Like they're not generally made because if there were to be generally made, like we're using Dynamo for prototyping. If I want to do something in Civil 3D. Because Revit is a bit more difficult to customize in terms of C-sharp. But if I want to do something in Civil 3D, I'm, I'm going to use Dynamo, create a script, see if it works, test it a few times. And then I have a colleague that's actually savvy in coding, and he'll, he'll do a C-sharp script, pack it well, put a DLL file, and I'm going to use that. Because why bother using Dynamo with Python on a C-sharp API rather than using the C-sharp API? 
what would you say to somebody who is still not so open or not using BIM and OpenBIM, uh, open standards on their projects? Do you have a message or uh, forget about this, like a, a general message, whatever you would like to say, if you have something on your heart for the OpenBIM community that is following me? For the open beam community that is following you, keep doing what you're doing because there is a change in the mentality of people. Like even the fact that we are seeing people actively seeking information, not just things that you scroll by and you see like people actively seeing information, actively seeing innovation, that's producing a change and find a good mentor that will push you a bit uh, more than you need because like it's interesting to be all over the place i'm interested in this and that but you need somebody to push you towards a direction and then you can follow something at least to to be good at something because it's a lot it's a lot there it's like i am experienced in programming well what kind of programming what are you doing it's, it's something like that i i know bim what do you know about them it's very generic so you need to be particularly good in a, in a field to actually and open standards, well, because you want to know what the architect does, because you want to know what the landscape architect does, because you want to know what the civil guy does, what the structural guy does. Then you want to know why do you do some things? Because if you don't foresee what's going to happen in asset management, like you, you don't know, you don't understand what you're doing in a boring job today. That's, well, that's going to be useful in asset management. You have to add all the data to the barrier because in case of a crash people don't go on the site to look at what type of barrier was it and how long is it go to the database see what the type of barrier have it delivered in two days and put the highway back on track so like you have to see those to like to understand those and afterwards you're not going to ask questions you're you know why you need to open them yeah makes sense how people could reach out to you and to your company you can find us at tenderdevelopment.ro, I think. And always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Alex Pataki or alex.pataki at gmail.com. I'm always open to speak with people that are interested in BIM and technology, whatever. Like it's, it's a small community of professionals around the world. And I had the opportunity to actually work at... When I was working at Arcadis, I had the opportunity to, to get in touch with people that were pioneers. And if you get in touch with people that are pioneers, like they were speaking about BIM 20 years ago. I was speaking about the, some forward-seeing people that I've met in, in Arcadis that pushed me to actually be interested in what's happening. And mm -hmm. those people are pushing the industry right now also. And it's also nice to be a part of the movement. We, we're seeing a shift in the construction industry. We have the opportunity to be part of that change from, uh, I would like to say, analog to digital. It's, it's actually nice to be part of that moment. Yeah, and not only be part, but we can also be, we can influence this. We can have a contribution to this, right? It's better to lead than to follow sometimes. Yeah. It's also good to follow. You don't have the responsibility of leading. <laughs> and not everyone has the time or wants or if, uh, like, uh, both, both roles are have their importance yes that's always the case hmm. you need the thinkers you need the drivers yes well alex thank you very much for joining me and for the chat thank you thank you for the invitation we'll stay in touch stay in touch thank you petro <laughs>